This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to another episode of How Men Think. My name is Brooks Like, and this is a show where we dive into the mind of a man, and we're an open book to share the thoughts, uh, emotions, feelings, aspirations of a male of the male mindset. And we do that to serve the community. So we always love getting questions from our community. And then we try and bring on high level people to answer those questions, questions about life, questions about confidence, fatherhood, uh, marriage, relationship, career, all that kind of stuff. And so we have many of those questions today and we have a special guest with us today. Um, He was exposed to the TV and film industry at a very young age. In the mid nineties, he filmed debut in my family in 95. And he also had TV roles on Hyperion Bay, uh, Lifetime's The Client List, Hawaii Five-O. But everybody probably knows him. He's most well known for his role in High School Musical as Coach Bolton. He is a husband, he is a father of three, and he's our very special co-host today, Mr. Bart Johnson. Welcome to the show. Ah, that's, that was a great intro, man. I feel kind of smart now, and uh, I feel high level. So uh, thanks, man. And yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a good run, but man, I'll tell you, that one stuck. Yeah, that one, that, and I love that. I love that you're coming to us. I wish our our listeners could see that Coach Bolton is coming to us live from his home gym right now. <laughs> Actually, I got. Funny enough, I do have a rack of basketballs that looks exactly like the one in the movies. Oh so like yes. A like, uh, <laughs> there's a couple of like uh, props uh, you could say that are you know hangovers from. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it. Oh, what you got? What you got? Coach you know, this is just like, uh, I mean, I got, you know, I got my, I got my East High hoodies. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's my life. I just can't escape it, but uh, I don't, I don't try that hard either. So, so uh, answer this as honestly as you possibly can without getting arrested. How much stuff do you take from on set? Things of just, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's, it's funny. A lot of people don't care, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little more nostalgic, I guess, or something. I'm a, I'm a softy. So I start looking around. I'm like, I know this stuff. This is going to be epic. So I'm, yeah. you know, I was taking pictures. Actually, when we did the first one, we didn't really have like uh, cell phones. Um, you know, like now there's cell phones on sets and everybody's recording yeah. of everything back then like when we did the first one that wasn't really you know it was 14 years ago man it wasn't very very popular so i was using my laptop and i've got like all this video uh behind the scenes of the cast like interviewing people and stuff that's like on my laptop which is probably it's probably valuable at this point it's probably gold right it's probably gold (laughs) i'm sure it is to some to a to a certain generation so during covid we do all of these uh, podcast, the Hellman Think podcast via Zoom because we can't personally see everybody. We can't go into the studio. Everything's shut down, obviously. So we do the, the Hellman Think podcast via Zoom. And I'm always like curious and entertained when I see what background people have, where they're, where they're comfortable, <laughs> where they're sitting, where they're at. Are they traveling somewhere? Did they do an Airbnb somewhere? Are they home? But you are coming from your, your home gym there, which I'm just a fan of. I love that you got the the heavy bag you got the uh what's the little the wrap the the punch you got the speed bag speed bag yeah i got the speed bag got the heavy bag got a surfboard in there uh tell me because i love home gyms tell me a little bit about your home gym why you built it uh well um 
I've done CrossFit for a bunch of years and I kind of fell in love with uh, some of the like Olympic lifts and, and that kind of stuff. And, right. and, uh, and then that got me into mobility, which the gym never did. You know, I was like a total gym rat guy. I just kind of did the, you know, the bro splits and all that kind of stuff. But then when I started doing CrossFit, I was like, oh man, uh, my mind opened up to this whole uh, kind of a new idea of, you know, body weight fitness and Olympic lifting and, and compound lifts and that kind of stuff. And my body felt so much better. And I felt younger and I felt more like an athlete and I hurt my back and my neck in the gym so many times. And then when I started, luckily I was at a good CrossFit box, which is, you know, that's kind of debatable, I guess, is when people are at a bad spot, it, it can be dangerous, yeah. but I was at a good spot. They got good training, started doing deadlifts and back squats and that kind of stuff that made your body really strong. And I haven't had an injury since like seven years later. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I do it every day. I love it. I, I was as a professional athlete, I would train, but now I still train as much or more than I ever did. And you're right. Um, I love that you train at home, especially now. I always encourage people like have some sort of a, at least a minimal. I get the idea of wanting to go to a gym for community and inspiration and stuff like that. But it's also super convenient. You're married, you have three kids, you know, working dad, like it's also super convenient just to head out to the garage and hit an hour of something if you have it right there. So um, yeah. dude, we're going to get together and throw down. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. You know, honestly, Brooks, I don't think enough people are talking about during COVID, like to take care of your body, get enough sleep, you put better food in your body, you know, like we got to be taking care of ourselves and build that immune system. And I don't know why, you know, a lot more people aren't talking about this. Yeah, I don't know either, man. It, it's it, unfortunately health gets pushed down the totem pole. And I assume so even more when people get married and have kids, you know, they, they sacrifice their own health for it. But you need to be around. You want to be able to lift grandkids and great grandkids. You need to be around. I did a post the other day on my Instagram talking how everybody, regardless if you're 20 years old or 80 years old, should deadlift. Right, right. If you're an 80-year-old grandpa, I want to be able to pick, bend over and pick my grandkid off the ground and pick them up. That's essentially a right. day. You know what I mean? So I think there's so much. I love that you're into it. When did you find fitness? Like, Did you just find it recently? You said you started doing CrossFit seven years ago, but has it always been a part of your life? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, when I was a little tiny guy in, uh, yeah, I joke about this because in high school, um, I was like punked around a lot. I was like 120 to 140 pounds in high school and, uh, bullied quite a bit. Like, like, I mean, I got like a bunch of stories, like just getting punched in the face by cowboys and yeah. rednecks and, and the wrestling team and the rodeo team. And oh man, I could go on like good, good times. A lot of character building, man. I was, I was blessed. And then, uh, and then I go on to uh, college and I gained like 80 pounds and I grew four more inches and, and then I get into acting and then I play the bullies on TV and now everybody says, oh, I know, I knew guys like you in high school, man. Oh. No, no, trust me. That was not me. That was not me. I was the guy getting hit. So there's just, there's just no justice, you know, um, but I, I got into it much later in life. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I wasn't. I get maybe because it was small and or the sports I was doing weren't really into. I was playing soccer and skiing, so it's not like big weight gym sports necessarily. How have you found? How have you found discovering this passion for like fitness and health? How have you found that that's impacted your life as a in career wise, but then also like obviously it's allowed you to play certain roles as a bully, right? It's like Philly, yeah. being a strong man allows you to play a bully, but but what about just in in your overall general life, how have you found that? How have you prioritized health, especially with a wife and three kids and a job? Like, I don't know, just what's, what's your dance with, I'm always curious to see how people, what their relationship is with, with physical fitness and health. 
yeah. Well, I, I'm really have a really strong belief that it's got to be a habit and it's got to be a routine. And for 99.9% of us, that means morning. It's got to be a part of your morning routine. Otherwise, it's just like, if I don't do it in the morning, it's like you know, probably 80% chance I won't do it at all during yeah. the day. It just gets too complicated during the day. So I, I always encourage people, find a routine, find a system that works. Now, for me, like I get up really early with my kids, do the kind of the, 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 uh, the routine of making breakfast and, and taking multiple shifts, drives to school to drop off kids. But my last kid um, goes to Burbank High School. And uh, when I drop him off, I'm a block away from my gym. So I can literally go, you know, I'm, I'm dressed, I'm ready to go. I've taken all my, you know, you know, morning routine, you know, waters and, you know, nutrition. So I go drop him off and go straight to the gym. And if it's not a habit and if it's not like that, forget about it. Yeah. So I, that's, for me, that's the only way to, like, you, you have a, do you have a, you, you must have a routine, right? If you're consistent, you have. Yeah. And, and morning is the best time. Um, we would train in for sport for professional hockey. We would train in the morning. That was the main practice and workout time. Also, just from a from a scientific standpoint, you have the highest amount of testosterone present in your body early in the morning. And right. as the day goes on, your testosterone and your metabolism slow down as the day progresses. So if you're to work out in the morning, you will get the maximum benefit possible from that workout because your body is rested you slept last night you're rested you have the highest testosterone levels your metabolic rate is as high as it can be right there so you're getting the best benefits of working out in the morning so i've always prioritized in the work in the morning before i came on this call with you right now took my dog for a three and a half mile trail run just out the mountains here in, in utah do this call and then i'll go into the gym here uh around noon or so a uh, little afternoon go do yeah. an afternoon workout but yeah, a big part of my life, and I find it also makes me more creative. I find when I work out in the morning, I'm, I got more energy, I'm more creative, I'm more inspired. Mentally, I'm sharper, and I actually have my best ideas and solve my biggest problems when working out without even paying attention to them. Right. Yeah. No, it does. It fires off so much good stuff, and there's so much science and, and uh, chemicals and all, you know, all, the, all the good good stuff you're firing off. Now, if I, if I don't work out, I have a hard time kind of getting into a creative space or, or, or performing at my best afterwards. Like I, I feel like, like now I've, I've gone so far as to say like, what, what's the most important part of my life? What are the most important goals or, or the hardest um, things I'm trying to accomplish? And let me just schedule those to follow my gym workout because I come out of the gym and I feel great. I'm like, I'm on fire. I've got a great attitude. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more passionate, more positive. Like I'm ready to go. So I'm totally addicted to that. I love what you're saying there because I'm actually on this journey myself of I'm working on something. I'm trying to dedicate my best energy to the things that are most important in my life. Yes. And I'm paying attention to that right now. And so that's family, that's connection, that's people. Like instead of just waking up and doing emails and doing work and doing whatever and then at like five o'clock then trying to fit in fitness and then trying to fit in playtime with your kids or something. Right. Right. When like you're mentally drained, you're tired, like now you're giving your, you know, the what's left over in your tank right, right. that are the right. most important in your life. So I'm, I'm, I'm even like playing around with lifestyle optimization with how can my morning when my best energy, my morning and early afternoon, my best energy be committed to the things that are most important in my life, like health and fitness, like connection with my dog, the creative development stuff that I'm working on. And also um friends and people in that time as well you know yeah. well i you know i you, you bring up something that's really interesting is that is that uh you know a lot of us are fortunate enough to be able to control our schedule and then sometimes we're not 
And most parents, I think, you know, you think about your routine, like you, you, the kids go off and they get spent during the day. You go to work and you get spent during the day. And now you're showing up to connect with the people that matter the most in your life when you're done. Yeah, depleted. You're spent. And it's like, that. now that's, now you're talking about a master level. You got to, you got to come up with a new game, a new strategy. How can you be your absolute best for the people that matter the absolute most when you're, when you're done? So we have a list of questions that listeners sent in and stuff that they want to ask you, want to get your expertise. On. All right. I, well, I'm flattered. People send questions. In. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, here's one. What are the three to five most important things in your life right now? You know, just to piggyback the conversation we're having, this question is, what are the three to five most important things in your life at this moment? Oh, geez. Well, I guess, you know, the easy answer without even having to think about it is, is uh, it all wrap around, it wraps around my family. So um, my family, uh, my, my nuclear family, the ones that live under my roof, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have an incredible wife that I've been married to for coming up on 21 years, yeah. which in Hollywood, that's like 400 years. I know that's like, it's crazy. And then three kids, uh, all redheads, which is like, you know, that's a whole nother challenge. A bunch of firecrackers running around here. Um, and so I got those guys. I've got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of other, you know, siblings and, and, uh, we got the Johnson's a big fam. It's a big clan. Then the Livelies are a huge clan. So I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of depth and a lot of love and a lot of, real important uh, stuff. So um, that's, I mean, that's first and foremost. Um, I spent, you know, it's funny, Brooks is, um, you know, I play, I played the coach. You yeah. know, everybody calls me coach. So uh, that went on for five years, but that's been 14 years of my life. Now I walk down the street, people roll down the window going, Hey coach, and I'm, you know, Hey, what's up? You know, what's up Wildcats, you know, wh whatever. But um, also uh, let's see, 14 years ago, I started coaching soccer. So I've coached all of my my kids' soccer teams every year, all three of them, wow. uh, since they turned five. So, so I'll be it's all I do with my time. So I spend a lot of time coaching. So now when I walk down the street, someone yells, "Hey, coach!" I'm like, I have to go. Okay, do is this one of my <laughs> one of my one of my boys, one of my one of my girls, one of my you know someone from one of my teams, or is it you know one of my Wildcats? Or and really, it's all the same. You know, I treat them all the same, and and I love my church, but it's like. My life has become uh, a coach. Like I'm a coach, man. That's just what I do. And I've, I've kind of realized these last couple of years that like, I really like that, man. I like that. Um, I like, cause I've always had this, this, uh, this take on coaching Brooks is that, and I know, you know, this as an athlete, it's like a team sport is just a wealth of opportunity Maybe. for life lessons for these kids, man. But here's the challenge. Most coaches are not taking advantage of that opportunity. So if, if you're on a team, like, okay, you're going to learn a lot about life. You're going to learn a lot about relationships. You're going to learn a lot about yourself being on a team sport. But man, if you have a coach that's around that can that grab and seize on to all these opportunities and say, guys, listen, listen, you know how you feel right now? Well, we're going to overcome this feeling, you know, whatever, you know, whatever life challenge it without getting into, you know, too many specifics, but like, there's unbelievable countless amount of opportunities. If the coach will just point them out yep. and say, look at, look at this opportunity to grow. Look, we're going to overcome this challenge. Like guys, this is like life. You're not going to win all the time, but you can still enjoy the game without winning all the time, you know, like all these different opportunities. So I get, I get hyped on that. Like I, I find that incredibly fulfilling. 
And then I could, now I'm learning these skills I can apply to my own kids at home and different opportunities. So now they're learning. I get to be an influence on like a whole variety of kids in the community. And it's just like, it's unbelievably fulfilling. So now when people say to me, what's the more, most important to your life or like, you know, the best things in life are free. You know, I started thinking about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, being, having a kid has, has opened the door to service to me. And, wow. and what I've done now without kids, probably not. Cause how do you know? Yeah. But then you start spending this time as a coach and, and serving the community and serving these people. And then you're, you know, you're getting rewarded by the parents and they're, you know, they're so kind and so sweet to you, but that's, that's, you know, that's just gravy. The, the, the real meat of it is like these kids, like seeing these kids being affected by the way you're, you're touching their lives. And like, I just, I just, I've absolutely loved it. It's, it's, it's incredibly fulfilling and, and definitely the most important part of my life with, with my home family. Dude, you got me so fired up. You want me? So my, one of my best friends, Christy Sowen plays on this soccer team. They have an adult league soccer team called the Salmon Rolls and uh, they've won the league championship twice. And she always gets me to try and play. She's like, Brooks, come play with the Salmon Rolls. <laughs> I just like being a viewer. I just like watching you guys play. And like, um, it's fun to be a spectator because my whole life I played. But listen to you talk here, coach. You got me fired up. I'm thinking I might go join the Salmon Rolls, play some soccer. I might get you come in as a guest coach, you know, inspire us. Um, so you might've just- I'm in, man, I'm in, let's do it. Um, but I also want to give you a compliment. I think you're ahead of your time. Something that's going on right now in professional sports is the coaching in professional sports and professional hockey that I've seen anyway. Um, they're starting to coach the person, not the player. So they're spending so much more time and resources on developing uh. characteristics of the human being. Uh. Meanwhile, also developing their physical talents and abilities, because what they would see is you'd see these amazingly talented athletes, these guys with world-class skills and talents that all of a sudden would forget how to use them, or they would fail at high stress, high pressure moments. Yeah. And it was, it was the study of why is this happening? Why is this person so equipped with these physical abilities that all of a sudden freeze and they can't use them is because there's some sort of character flaw. There's some sort of lack of confidence or belief in themselves or lack of resilience or whatever it is, or trust in a teammate. And so they've really started to work with athletes off the ice, away from the rink, sports psychologists, therapists, anybody to help them develop and become better young men and women. And that alone has transferred into uh, more proficiency in their athletic performance. So I love the fact that you're saying there's opportunities everywhere for an invested coach to really shape and sculpt these young minds and these attitudes and perspectives. That alone will make them better soccer players. Yes. Yeah, I love that, man. That's that's super interesting. And it's it, you're 100% right on, on your perspective. Like, I've, I've seen that. I know, like, that really resonates with me. Because you see the mental game on, on even the best of athletes. Like, the the very best, you know, you have, you know, sometimes you have, like, one, two, three, like, real key players that really yeah. can affect the whole team. Um, and you see them, sometimes they just, they get in their their own head. And even at a young age, these young kids, I mean, I'm talking like 10, 11, 12 years old, even. They, they struggle with this mental game and they feel the pressure of the team and they, you know, they, they, they're really hard on themselves and they make it really personal. It's like, Oh man, so many opportunities to, to build that strong mental game. I love it, man. You're a modern day coach. That's why you're the coach. <laughs> you're the coach. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, here. Okay. Here's one. Here's one from a listener. Um, 
Bart, what is the best parenting advice you could give to parents during COVID? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I, you know, I really feel like, uh, you know, <laughs> I get a lot of people um, on my, I've been doing Instagram lives and, and I've been doing this, we're all in this together Tuesday, where it's like, I'm dedicated to reaching out to my Wildcats. Like, hey, look, yeah. I know I got, I got a lot of Wildcats out there. You need something from me? Here I am. I'm here to serve. I mean, you know, you, you want to ask me questions? Okay, you probably don't. You probably, you know, usually they're like, oh, tell us some, you know, insights on the movies. Oh, whatever. Okay, sure. Whatever you want. I'm I'm just here to entertain. Yeah. To like show you that I care about you. I love you. Like, let's get through this time and everything else. At the same time, there's people out there that are hungry or, or maybe they're going to look at this as an opportunity to grow. And and I think that, um, you know, a lot of people are, are send this message of like, if you're not growing during this pandemic, if you're not stepping up your game, and it's like, okay, yeah, not everybody's in that position though. Some people are just trying to survive, man. So it's like, you got to recognize there's a whole variety of people in a variety of different positions, but some people, and this is what I tell my, tell, tell my people. I say, guys, listen, we're wildcats. Now we got that strong mental game. We got to look for up opportunities like let's let's look for opportunities if it's just an opportunity to like dig out our, our sense of gratitude like let's think about man we used to go to our friend's house anytime we wanted without any sort of cost involved or risk we used to go to the store and go to 7-eleven and buy a slurpee and like not think anything of it like the small tiny little things like can we reevaluate can we like re-envision those things as like gifts instead of just like nonsense just noise or whatever like can we look at those and, and say man those are those are gifts man those are like we have the ability to do all these little things with no thought involved and they're uh, let's maybe we could fill up our sense of gratitude man maybe we could dig deep and say look we're not only way alive and above ground and surviving but like we get to do we get to go to the park anytime we want you know like that's amazing. That's amazing. And then for some of us, like, hey, let's let's work on that mental game, man. Let's work. We got that strong mental game. Let's let's exercise it. Let's get stronger. And and uh, and this is what I tell people is is uh, um, this great quote. This great quote from, that my, I heard from my dad, it, it, and it was stand guard the portal of your mind. He didn't coin the phrase. He just yeah. told me the phrase. Stand yeah. guard the portal of your mind. And I love that. And I was like, okay, what does that what does that mean? Stand guard the portal of your mind. Okay, well. You you stand guard. It's it's your job. You you decide what goes in your mind and what stays in the mind. You let fear go in. You're gonna let doubt. You're gonna let insecurities. You let negativity. Hey man, that's up to you. You stand guard. And if it sneaks in, it's your job to yeah. get it out. So like, let's stay positive. Let's stay like. So let's stay. You only let things in your mind that are proactive. So uh, or or empowering. You know that are gonna empower you. And that's like to me, that's that's the goal. And now so, I don't even remember the original question because I... <laughs> no, I love what you're saying. So, dude, you, you got me fired up. Like, you have me so fired up. I'm like, what did this guy do this morning that he's just peak energy right now at the time of this phone call? But um, <laughs> you've got me... You could be an inspirational speaker. You already are in so many ways. But, like, you could do a tour on it because you've got me fired up in 10 minutes that I've talked to you. Um, <laughs> awesome. But so for you and I, because I believe I'm very good at standing guard the portal of my mind as well. And you are as well. For you and I, maybe it comes natural. Maybe we've de developed it over time. Your father taught you about it. What about for somebody that's just hearing this? What about for somebody in our community that's listening, that's saying, I'm overwhelmed with, with like struggle and insecurity and fear on COVID and like uncertainty in my life. Like all of this is consuming my mind because that's real. That's happening to a lot of people. A lot of people are very anxious right now. How can we 
kind of step by step in a little way, give them something like stand guard the portal of your mind, but what else can we teach them or tell them to do right now to get some control back? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question because you're right. Everybody's in a different place on different levels and has different uh, variety of challenges and, and uh, things like that. Um, I think gratitude's the key, man. Gratitude's the key. Um, we are in control of what we focus on. We're on. We're in control of what we look at, where we where we put our eyes, where we put our focus. Where focus goes, yeah. energy flows. You know, what are we going to stare at? What, what are we going to look at? Our family? Are we going to look at what's missing? Are we going to look at our you know our, our dwindling bank account? Are we going to look at like, hey, I'm I'm above ground. I'm, I'm standing. You know, I'm standing here. I'm in control. I can I make the choices in my life. We're, we're in a free country where we can go do whatever we want to do. Like, there's so many things to be grateful for. And honestly, I think it's a wonderful time to reevaluate family and friends. Oh. You know, those things are, those are the things that won't fail you. You know, I mean, sure, you'll have challenges and, and, and uh, it might feel like failures at times, but man, if you can reevaluate like the fact that you have a family or like if you have damaged relationships, go fix those relationships, like, you know, nurture them, you know, um, grow them. And, you know, if, if they're there and they're weak, you know, I, uh, Brooks, I, I know talking to an athlete, like I know you get this, but I love the analogy of the gym because it's so visual and it's like, okay, you walk in the gym and your biceps weak. What are you going to do? A bunch of these? Well, okay. Yeah. You do a bunch of those. It's going to grow. You put some pressure on there. You make it hard. You make it difficult to pull that up. Okay. Now you're going to have a lot more growth. So how, how often do you do that? Every stinking day, man, you can, you don't work out once a month or once a year, you, every day work on that little muscle. So if you have a little, if you have a tiny little bit of gratitude, that's okay. Just recognize where you're at. If you have a tiny little bit of effort of like controlling my, my, oh, I always go to negative. Oh, I always go to insecurities. Oh, I always go to things that make me feel like junk. Okay. That's okay. Just work that muscle, man. Let's start working on that muscle. How, what, can you do a little more focus? Hey, here's an idea. Here's an idea you could do right now. Pull out a book, a little, little writing tablet, get a pen, start a timer and no joke, just like as an exercise, hit 10 minutes and don't stop writing, write 10 minutes of everything you're grateful for and try to come up with stuff you haven't thought of and challenge yourself and say like, okay, I didn't, uh, here's something I haven't thought of in a few years. Hey, you know what? Here's another idea. And you write this whole thing. And just like, you know, uh, stream of consciousness, like let your, let your mind like flow. Maybe do it with a friend that you trust. And then you can compare notes. They go, oh, that's a good idea. You know what? I'm going to do. And that's like, okay, now you're controlling your mind. Now, maybe this visceral sort of, you know, idea of directing your focus is maybe a little hard to, to comprehend. So how do we, how do we do it in real practical purpose? There's an idea. Just write it down, man. Let your mind go there. Now, all of a sudden, you're writing, you're writing, your, your mind's going there, your focus, you're reading. So there's all these different senses that are being engaged. And it's like, boom, now you're controlling your focus. I love it. I love it. gratitude. I love that you went to gratitude um, because it's, it's a big part of my life. And when I, I kind of have a couple pillars in my life and one of the pillars in my life that when I notice that my, when I start feeling overwhelmed or angry or like anxious or something, the first thing that dissipates in my life is my gratitude. Uh, right. That's the first thing that dissipates where I'm like, wow, I, I still have love present in my life. I still have like these other characteristics present in my life, but like gratitude is not present in my life. And you know what, when I'm actually most grateful, I'm actually my most grateful self during and after workouts. Uh, I, used to have this, I used to have this thing where when I'd work out at, have you ever been to Brick CrossFit in West Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. So outside of Brick, there was this big dumpster. And I had this thing where this one summer, I was training there for 
to, to play hockey. And every day that I came out of there, if I ever saw a, a homeless person like pulling through the dumpster, I would give them the top bill in my wallet, whatever it was, whether it was a 20, whether it was a hundred, whether it was a one, five, like whatever it was, that was my That's thing. Cool. Cause I walked out of the gym just feeling immense gratitude. And I'd see this person, I'd be like, I want to give them the top bill. And I wouldn't even look at it. I'd just give it to them. Ah, I love that. It feels so alive. And so gratitude is so important in my life and keeping it a focus. And you, like you said, actively working on it, getting touches on it daily to strengthen that muscle and then it'll become more and more prominent. And likewise, it's extremely hard to hang out and be friends with somebody who is not grateful, right? Because everything's a problem. It is. It is. I, I, honestly, I struggle with that because I've got some friends. I've got a friend circle that I honor and cherish and so grateful for these guys but not all of them are really positive you know some of them have really kind of bad attitudes i'm like oh man not 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 that i mean collectively really solid characters and really good people so i feel really good about that aspect you know but i think you have to to your point you have to be cognizant of that you have to be aware of that yeah yeah have to okay here's another question for you buddy i really like this one so um i don't know if you can get your brain there uh actually you probably would this is a little vacation for your brain right here okay all right <laughs> so um you have one day completely to yourself so no obligations to your wife no obligations to your kids dogs responsibility work anything like that you have no obligations today you have one day what do you do how do you spend your day whoosh man well is it, I mean, is it cheating to say I'd go with my kids? Like I, I, uh, this last summer we spent a month in Costa Rica surfing and where was my invite Bart? <laughs> Dude, come on down Brooks. I'm trying to do this. It was my goal in life to figure out how to go for one month with my kids to somewhere every summer and just spend a month in a different country. So you kind of get a little, you know, experience of the world. And you know what? Way more affordable than people think it is. I mean, it sounds crazy, but you start doing the math. It's totally doable. Um, luckily I have a job that's, that allows me the, you know, the flexibility on that too. So, uh, but man, I'll tell you waking up in the morning on a, on a, like a tropical beach somewhere where people are speaking a foreign language, it's foreign food. Uh, it's beautiful. It's warm water. There's amazing surf and you're there with your kids. And, and I see, man, I'll tell you, I, there's this one image I still have burned in my mind of sitting on, um, a, a big thing that we love is watching the, the sunset in the water, which yeah. is, so I just love it. And I remember watching one of my kids catch this wave right next to me and he took off on the wave and he just like ripped underneath this, this uh, lip. And it was like the first time I saw him really carve a wave. And I was like, that's it. That's it. This moment right here, my gosh. And I, and I do this thing with my kids and I, I can't believe they let me do this, but when the, like the sun setting, okay, got, you know, every once, not maybe once or twice a summer, I'll say, guys, guys, gather, gather, gather. look at this moment look at this. Let's just stop. Let's just stop right now. And just like, do me a favor. I want you to remember this all summer. And then they ended up, we, we can recount the ones from the last several years. I'm like, look at this moment we're, we're having around. Look how special this, like we're together. We're in this really cool place. We're having this, like, isn't this an amazing moment? Yeah. And they all will, and they do. And they stop and they look around like, yeah, this, this is pretty epic. And they just like, I just like, oh, fills me up. Fills me up. It's amazing. It's amazing. Dude, I love, I love that the question was, what would you do with your day if you had no obligations? And you said, and then you told a family story of going to Costa Rica. Like it just, it just resonates <laughs> how much you, I love you, man. I love your, I love how much you love your family and how, 
how it's you're not just saying family is important but like you can see it our listeners can't see it, but i can see it in your eyes i can see it in your body you're not sitting in a chair you're moving all around the room your arms are going like i just love i love that you love your family and that you build your life like that um and i have two i have two friends garrett and jessica g that are very much like you very much involved in their kids lives and they do something really cool with their kids at the end of every day when they're having sitting around having supper together um they'll ask their kids what was your favorite part of today you know and then the, the kid has a chance to say oh dad do you remember that time when we we caught that wave together and we did that was my favorite part of the day and it's just a daily little touch on gratitude yeah you know? and you do it with yeah. the sunsets with your kids stuff like like i just I love, I love hearing how families spend time together and how you create that family bond between father uh, and kids, son or daughter, whatever it is. So I commend you, man. I also, I also have been thinking about this. Give me your thoughts on this because you touched on it. I've been thinking about one month a year spending it in a new country every year. So that for one month a year, like say I was in Hawaii, I could scuba dive every day. Say I was in Costa Rica, I could surf every day. Say I was in Switzerland, I could downhill ski every day. So if I did this, even if you did this for a decade, you would get so proficient at so many different skills. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like you probably- 100% immersion, man. Yes, I think right. it's a great idea. And you can work on the language of whatever country you're in. It's, it's unbelievable. I think it's a, I think it's, I mean, hey man, if you have the ability to do it, I'd say jump on it. Have you done anything else like that uh, other than Costa Rica for a month? Have you done anything else for a month, a real immersion with your kids or family? Yeah, we did. Well, probably my favorite was we did a road trip through Italy for a month. And that. Where that was, was my part? That was incredible. That was incredible. We started, uh, we started up north at like Dolomite Mountains and we went all the way down to the Malfi Coast and like, oh man, it was yeah, we saw, you know, Venice and Rome and Chiquitera and like all, you know, like so many different main places. And like the kids got to see, you know, the, the thing is, if you're there long enough, like we went to this little town, uh, Vernazza in Chiquitera. It's like probably my favorite town, one of my favorites in all of Italy, small town. And the kids play soccer on the beach there. So my wife and I were, you know, like trying to get our kids to get involved and start speaking Italian with the locals. And so sure enough over time we were there long enough like the, the local little i'm talking about young kids you know 10 11 12 they don't play soccer with the tourists you know they're they got they're 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 not a you know they're not a sideshow they're like this is their life and so but we were there long enough they're like okay you guys can come play and so my kids would go play and my wife and i would eat dinner oh. the sun's setting over the ocean the waves are coming the boats and everything and i'm like i'm watching them i'm watching my kids start to yell out words in italian i'm like oh my gosh great moment oh it's amazing this kid brando i still remember like everybody sean luca i remember all these kids that are from this little town it was, uh, it was amazing did you uh were you able to pull like some some coaching uh a couple minutes of coaching over there give the kids you know get? unfortunately my italian stinks as much as i would like to uh be able to do that oh man i'm working on it though oh dude i love it i'm immersed i i'd love to like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal your idea there to take it like when I have kids, taking them for a month somewhere, somewhere like I love different languages, different cultures, somewhere where you're just completely out of your comfort zone, out of your element. I love that right. you do that. Oh um, man, I, you, you please do. And, and let's, let's stay in touch and, and talk about that. I, for me, I found that if you could do it on a coastal city is the best because they, if you're trying to do your work and trying to do some other stuff, it's like those kids are like being on the, then you don't, you know, as opposed to like being in Tuscany 
Kenny, where it's like, okay, I got to kind of entertain these kids. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Um, okay. I love it, brother. Um, on the beach I'm, I'm gonna They're going to find friends. I'm going to apply myself for adoption into the Johnson family. So <laughs> come on over, man. We'd love to have you. <laughs> we got Canadians in my family. Yeah, um, yeah you do. <laughs> Not enough. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Brother-in-law, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, proud, proud Canadian from Vancouver. Yeah, I'm I'm from Saskatchewan. I'm, I'm right above North Dakota. The people out on the, you know, we kind of look at the people in Toronto and the people in Vancouver. They're kind of like, they feel like they're above us because we live in the plains. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I don't know about that stuff. I don't know about the dynamics. I know we go out and visit Ryan when he's doing Deadpool and uh, stay in, in Vancouver and kind of check it out and, and, and have gotten to know it a, a little bit. But it's oh, it's been great, man. It's been awesome. He's an awesome tour guide. I've never met him, but tell him I said hi, my fellow Canadian. Much love. Yeah, um, absolutely. Here's another question for you. This is a really interesting question. I, um, I've never been asked this, but I'm going to ask it to you. Um, what three words would you tell your 18 year old self? Um, like, let it go. You got this. I'm the man. If you could, what three words would you tell your 18 year old self? Mm. 18 year old says, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say, uh, take risks. I, I think that's, that's good. Make mistakes. There's mm. probably another one. Make some mistakes. Um, and, uh, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat on this one and say uh, we we regret what we don't do more than what we yeah regret what we do yeah uh, so you you know that I, I know that I had a I remember a couple things that's still in the back of my mind of some kind of some big ideas I had that I didn't execute and they're the only things I regret about being that age yeah but the other mistakes like oh, whatever you know I've you know I've made up for other mistakes but it's the the mistakes that haunt me are the ones that I didn't just go for it yeah yeah. Mine, when I'm thinking about that question, I think I would go with, I think about myself at 18, very driven, extremely driven, um, wanting to make the NHL. And I ended up doing it the next year, turned pro awesome. at 19. Um, at 19? Yeah. I would say, get it all. That would be my three words. Like, like, don't ever stop. Oh, get oh, it all. Get, oh, oh, three words. Oh, I see. Yes, that's great. Three words like Love get that. it all because that's what I I wanted. I in my athletic career I went after everything I wanted. I blew through fear, blew through insecurity, developed resilience, confidence, improved my role each year. You know, elevated myself, developed my skills, honed my skills, my craft, like all of mm -hmm. it. And I would encourage people. I don't want people to think that they can't have everything in life that they want. You know, yeah. you're gonna have to bust your tail for it, but I want people to be inspired to not have to say, well, I can't have a family and have the career, or I can't have the career and also have balance in my life. <laughs> Bullshit. You get it all or work for it. The other thing that I would really stress to myself, this, oh, this is another thing. Um, find a balance of happiness. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't have that so much. So with get it all, with get it all. And then I'd also have like, find the balance of happiness. Um, because going for it all can consume you and can be toxic. So having yeah. to balance that. You, you, know, you know what, Brooks, you, you say you bring up an interesting point that's maybe not as popular as trendy. And I, you know, the master classes, you know, those things that pop yeah, up on your some, Yeah, yeah, they're great. They're great. I was listening to the one uh, from Shonda Rhimes, who's amazing. Like she has like, what, five TV shows on, on the air right now. And, and I, I, I think she's like an incredibly uh, talented and driven woman. Amazing. But she says she has a real moment in that thing. And she said, look, you know, people say uh, you could do it all. You could do it all. You could 
I can have five TV shows on the air and I can raise all my kids. And she's like, and that's, that's not true. I don't know. I'm paraphrasing. She's like, it's not true. If I'm servicing all of my TV shows, I'm failing at home. If I'm serving my family, what they need, I'm failing my TV shows. And I said, man, mad respect for her to admit that like, you can't have a countless amounts of businesses or, or whatever else. And also spend all the time and really nurturing your, your young family. You gotta, you gotta sort that out, man. You gotta figure that out. So to your last phrase, like finding that balance is a, is a science and an art form. I think. I agree with that. So people always say like, we get asked and I'd like to ask you about this, get asked about work-life balance. People always say, what is, that's the golden ticket, right? Work-life balance. And I always say, it's not a balance. It's like an integration. And it's uh, the way I describe it as like a teeter-totter. You know what a teeter-totter is? Your kids probably play on them. Yep, yeah. And it's like, sometimes you're, you're going to be like way up. You're going to be filled with a lot of like family time. And then it's going to be like, okay, it's going back down. I got to do more work. Okay. And then it's right. going to be like, I've, I've invested a lot in work. And now I want to go back to family time. And so people are looking for this like perfect balance where the teeter-totter just sits right there. And I've never been able to do that. I've been like, I'm all in on family and then I'm like, okay, I'm really inspired right now. A couple of days I'm going to go all in on work and then back all in on family. Meanwhile, not neglecting one or the other, I've been able to find that balance, but it's okay to have a little rock like that versus just have to have it be flat and balanced. That's how it works. No, I, I like that. I, I, I like that analogy. I think that's really, really smart. I, I think the key is understanding that this is the goal, like flat is the goal and a little ride is fun. And yeah. most people in life, are not cognizant of that. And they're just, you know, like how many people are, you know, unfortunately in society today, you know, are really sort of taught and encouraged that it's like money, career, business, and that's the ultimate. And like kids are like, you know, not, not that's secondary. And I, and I, of course me, I personally totally disagree. You're going to find all your love, film and happiness, joy in the family, but you really want, you know, it's, it's good to have all this other stuff and, and to support your family and to, you know, thrive in the community and that kind of stuff. So I'm with you, man. Get that little, that fun, the fun ride in the, in the teeter-totter. Yeah, you need some sway in there. You need uh, a little sway. That's fun. But the, yeah, the, the violence rocking back and forth is no good. That's going to throw all the kids off. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Bart, I want to, here's another question from a listener. Um, You've, you've spoke so much already this show about your family. Uh, and briefly, you mentioned your wife, Robin. Um, she's also a very talented actress. But here's the question. How did you know Robin was the one for you? We get asked that a lot. How do you know that your significant other is the one? Well, this is a funny story. <laughs> it's a long story, so I'm just going to tell you a really, really short version of it. But um, she walked in to a room. And I saw her from afar and said, I'm going to marry that woman. And I've never done it before in my life. And I know it's kind of corny and cliche and everything. It. But it's totally true, man. I did a movie called Me Familia uh, with her dad. He ended up giving me a job, Ernie Lively, as, at his acting studio. I was teaching acting classes for him. Blake Lively was in the class. And one day, in comes Robin Lively. And I saw her and I just saw the, the energy about her and just the way she spoke to people and I said that's her I'm, I'm gonna marry her and I told my parents I told all my friends it became like a big joke because she had a boyfriend at the time and I had to watch it it was very painful <laughs> and uh and years later years later we've started wow. dating. Oh. 
Yeah, it's a great story, and uh, I, I, I've been encouraged to write a movie about it because it's uh, oh, so painful, man. I went through it, but I knew it. I, I just felt it. I knew it. I hung in there. Persistence, <laughs> a lot of humility, and um, yeah, I know that's not really great practical advice for anybody, but man, when you know, you know, and she was just such a good person. She had such great fun energy, and it just so that's what people who get married say. They're like, when you know, you know. And people that are single, they're like, yeah, that sounds like a bunch of made up stuff. Um, but it, it is true. Like, it's, it is the truest thing you could say. Um, so you knew then, and then it wasn't until a couple years later that you actually started dating. And that whole time, you still believed that and still knew that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I definitely had moments of doubt and fear and heartbreak and a lot, a lot of humility because she broke up with one boyfriend and got another boyfriend. I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was in line, but I wasn't apparently. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was going for that approach of like, okay, all right, all right. These type of girls, they, they're never single. They're never just hanging out single. So I'll, I'll develop the friendship, get that nice foundation of, a, you know, the, the, that's yeah. what they say, right? That's what they say is like, oh, great relationship starts the good solid friendship, okay? All right, I'm taking that route and and hanging in there and and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it was full of ups and downs for sure. Yeah, you know what? A friend once told me you can tell if a relationship is alive and going to make it by how a person tells a story about how they met. And so oh, that's interesting. Seeing the life in your eyes, seeing the, like when I ask you that question, you get excited. You're like, oh, it's a lo- it's a long story. I will try to make it short, but like like you have instant energy which still means you're invested and just completely madly in love. So um, I always remembered that when somebody told me that I was like, that's a really, cause it is, it's a really good barometer when you ask somebody, when they met the love of their life, if they tell it with enthusiasm or if they just like kind of. Wow. You know what? I got to say, man, I'm kind of blown away with that perspective. I think that's very interesting and, and dead on. I'm sure. Yeah, try it with somebody. Try it with somebody in your life. Like, just ask that question. Or could be new, could be old. You know, like yeah. sometimes, like if you sometimes you ask grandparents, you're like, "How did you meet grandma?" And then they'll light up. They're like, "Oh," and they'll like want you to sit there and tell them <laughs> the story. It means they've been married fifty years. They're still in love. You know, interesting. So, super I cool. like that. Um, okay, here's another one. Here's another question. So. Um, it's kind of, it's, I'm trying to relate it to what you went through, but also current. So um, anyway, here's the question from the listener. Do guys like chatting on the phone with their friend or significant other? And what amount of time can a guy tolerate on the phone? So I'm guessing this comes from a female, you know? So do you like, as a guy, do you like, like say when you met Robin, did you like chatting on the phone? How long was long enough? How long was too long? Oh, oh interesting. Hmm. How can we help this lady out that's asking this question? Well, I guess, yeah, I guess like during those early stages of relationship, you could just sit on a phone for a long time. You know, what's funny. I was just thinking about like, what are my habits? Uh, Cause I have a lot of friends that are, that live out of state or out of the country and I'll put on a headset and do stuff while I talk to them. You know, <laughs> like I'll put on my, my, uh, my headsets and, and go work out or go, you know, do stuff in the yard or whatever. And like, I could talk for, you know, an hour to a buddy, but not, not holding still so much, you know, I don't know what that is. I'm gonna have to explore that a little bit, but it does seem like in a relationship, like early phases, early stages of a relationship that I, I think I did. I think I, I really like talking to people though, in general. So, uh, 
I know for me, I think, I think Robin and I, she was shooting a show called Savannah for Aaron Spelling down in Georgia at the time when we first started dating. We used to talk, we used to talk for a long time. So yeah. I, I personally, like when you meet that person, I, I love talking to them. Yeah. Know? So like I traditionally, and I don't talk on the phone that much, but when you meet the person that you're invested in and in love with, like, yeah, I actually, I would, I would not even phone. I would FaceTime every single time. So uh-huh. face. Uh-huh. And there'd be times I could talk on the phone. There'd be times we'd fall asleep basically talking on the phone because uh, uh-huh. just, and then there'd be other times you could talk for like three hours and just be still so excited and want to talk more. And then you're like, oh, I actually got to go yeah. where I need to be. I lost track of time, but yeah, um, I loved it. Personally, I loved it because when you meet that, that special somebody and you're so invested in them, it's so exciting and you just can't wait to hear what's coming out of their mouth and discover that person as well. Ask them questions. You're, you're, you're right. And you're, you're kind of taking me down memory lane. It's been a couple of years since then, but I do recall being on the phone for hours and sometimes it's like, you know, what do you think about this? Or what's your perspective? What are your favorite movie? And then sometimes it's like nothing at all. Like yeah. where, where did you eat today? You know? Yeah. Like there's things that don't matter at all, but it's just interesting and fascinating. But now I'm, but I got, you got me thinking Brooks of like, do, do I have a different habit as I talk to my significant other? You know, my, cause like I need to multitask when I'm talking to my homies, even though I love them and I love talking to them, but I feel like I gotta be you moving my body in some sort of mindless task or yeah. something. But when I talk to my wife, I don't really do that. You know, I, I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to analyze this. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I'm usually, I usually have, if I'm talking to a buddy, you're right. I'll usually have like speakerphone or whatever, something going on and just kind of fiddling with something, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to uh, somebody I'm really invested in. You're probably like more present, but I, I should, as a better friend, be more present when talking. On the- <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Same. <laughs> uh, okay, buddy. I'm going to rapid fire a couple questions at you because we still have like oh, okay. a ton of questions for coach, um, but going to rapid fire a couple questions at you. So keep your answers to maybe two to three sentences. Tell oh, okay. Me okay. Best meal someone can prepare for you? Uh, anything on a barbecue. Open fire. Steak, ribs, sausage? Yes, yes, yes. Burgers. Like it literally, Francis Mullman, if you know him, like he cooks everything over a big open fire, Argentine chef. And it, like I just love that char, the wow. smoke, barbecue, like any of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Even if it's fruit, vegetables on a grill, just grill. Yep, got you. Okay, when in I agree with you on everything you just said. Um, next question. <laughs> awesome. When in a grouchy mood, what's the best advice you would give your significant other? Would you say leave me alone, go cook me something? What would you? These are examples of this. Person. <laughs> when you're in a grou- grouchy mood, what's the best advice you could give Robin? probably leave me alone. Probably let, let me go sort out my feeling, my emotions. And then I got to be responsible enough to change my biochemistry. You know, and I always tell my kids, like when my, when my kid's really cranky, I'm like, go eat a piece of chocolate. Let's have a, some ice cream and then focus your attention somewhere. Else. And like, you know, it's like, I know that sounds silly. Oh, you're in a bad mood. Let me give you ice cream. But science, there's some science here, you know, change the blood sugar, change their focus, reset. Let's start over, you know? I have, um, I have friends that do this and I respect them for it. They're like, I just need a minute or two. They just step outside just to like, and they go outside and they just like, kind of like shake this energy off of them because they, they know that they've been triggered by something that somebody right. is doing something to themselves. They've made something personal. They've done something. Right. So they actually 
instead of saying, just leave me alone, go away. That's a very like, go away, go away. They're like, I, I just minutes by myself, you know, give me a minute. Yeah, that's probably a better way to say it. Instead of saying, leave me alone, give me a minute, because you're, you're the one that needs to do the work, right? Yes. And there it is, biochemistry again. You're walking from one environment to another, going outside. You got some vitamin D hitting you. We're filling up those lungs with oxygen. You know, like, let's take care of ourselves, man. Like, that's the greatest skill we could possibly learn is to switch from that negative place to a more proactive, positive yes. place. And then they usually come in and apologize. They're like, I'm sorry, I just got triggered and I made it about me for a second and I apologize. Oh. Thank you for allowing me to have that minute, but I'm back and I'm present now. And I'm like, you are an amazing human being. Tonight. That's an awesome person. I want that. I want to be great at that skill. Right? Yeah, it's a new one. Um, I'm not so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Blame a little bit more. I get out of my face. <laughs> I need to be better at it. I have friends that definitely lead in that in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Give me a minute or like a day. Maybe a couple days. I'll be back. <laughs> um, okay, next question. What is your biggest pet peeve? What completely just irritates you? Arrogance. I just, there's something about when people are arrogant. It just drives me crazy. Um, they treat people poorly. I don't like when people get treated poorly. I try to treat strangers, you know, with a lot of love and compassion because it just, it feels good. It feels right. When people, I just feel like, it's all comes from insecurity, you know, and I see someone that's really arrogant. I'm like, dude, I got your number, man. You got, you got something you're hiding or not feeling good about you, whatever. But it's like so much mean stuff comes from it. Yeah. I, I love exactly what you said. I think I'm saying the same thing and maybe just saying it in a different way, but people that feel like they need to be served where it's like, Oh, you need to uh -huh. get me or I, I don't do that. Like somebody else would be like people where they're like, they feel like their service needs to be done to them. You know, right, right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. You know, they won't they won't clean up after their dishes. Somebody else should clean that up. Or they right. Won't, you know, they won't make any food. No, where's this chef? The chef should make this or somebody makes that for me. And I saw a lot of this in professional sports. I saw a lot of uh, athletes just on like expecting to be served, served, served. Uh, is it entitlement? Is that what it is? Maybe it might be. You're just you're catered to right. The team yeah. caters to you like they'll even carry your luggage up to your room. Right, so right. Just, you don't have like, are you kidding me? Like, and so this kind of mindset just to some people, it just kind of takes over, and then they just think that they're they're in this world to be served. Right, right. That's uh, ugly. Service. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Tell us one thing that people can't Google about you. Something that we don't know about Mr. Bart Johnson that we will not find on Google. Oh, geez. My gosh, you stumped me. Uh could find everything, right? I'm, uh, special talents, hidden hidden talents, special like um, things you really like or enjoy. Maybe you like classical piano music. I don't know, like something. Aha! Uh, uh -huh. I'm a singer. What? No one knows that. Nobody knows that. And it's funny because I, I got this music um, I, and, and I'm a dancer. <laughs> so I started in a musical dance theater. Nobody knows that. And so when I got this musical franchise, right, I'm like, oh, finally in a musical. And I had a number. I had a, a, a song and a, a dance in this. I was doing a duet with the, my nemesis, Miss Darbus, evil Miss Darbus. And Disney cut it because they said they didn't want to see old people dancing. <laughs> so, they, <laughs> so they let the, uh, the teenagers dance. And I sat there, man, the whole move, all these movies, I'm like, man, half these guys don't sing or dance and like i actually sing and dance and i gotta stand here oh. and watch them do this so it kind of 
it kind of killed me. It's kind of like goes back to my what I was saying earlier about about high school. Like I have this, you know, like people have this perception of me being this big old bully or like big old like sports guy now that you know I'm the coach. <laughs> like that's not. I did musical dance theater my entire time in high school and got beat up for it. You know, and it's like now I'm now everybody thinks I'm just a bully. Oh, there's no justice. What a gift to have. I think singing is beautiful. I think dancing is just like insanely beautiful. Both are just like, I'm not proficient at either. I've never dedicated time to develop either one, but I have such an admiration for both. Uh, yeah. 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 It's, it's great. I, I do love it. I've been thinking about doing a little uh, on TikTok for quarantine. I'm like, okay, everybody's saying I'll do this for, you know, again, it was like, I'm doing this for my wildcats. I'm doing it for my, my people out there. And it went crazy. I got 15 million uh, views on this, on my first video. I was like, okay. So I've been thinking about doing like busting out a little song. Cause I think people would get a kick out of coach. Singing. Yeah, do it, man. Get your kids involved. Like, um, I think it'd be so cool. I, I have never done a TikTok. Actually I did one TikTok, but, um, if I had kids for sure, I'd be, I love seeing dads, see Mario Lopez do it. He's done some, um, Jessica uh, Alba does a bunch with her kids, stuff like that. Like you see a bunch of people doing TikToks with their kids. I think it's just, the coolest <laughs> thing. um, okay. Next question. Um, this is a relationship one. Should you never go to bed angry or sleep on it and talk it out in the morning? Oh, I got a, I got a mixed feelings about that one. I think, I think maybe a hybrid, maybe, you know, like you, you don't want to go like if you could somehow work again work on that muscle man work on that muscle of like you never uh you never want to get to a certain level right? like i i here's a here's a piece of relationship advice I, I have for everybody don't ever talk about divorce don't that's just irresponsible but people do that because it's a it's a weapon or it's ammunition right it's ammunition like oh yeah well, we we should just get divorced i'm like oh no that you, you can't, that's too disrespectful. It disrespects your relationship. Don't, just don't go there. Just don't go there. Like there's a certain amount of respect um, that you need to have for your relationship. And that you don't say permanent hurtful things like that, that are hard to take back, that are going to haunt you later or whatever else. So like, you know, um, try to go to bed by saying, I disagree. Let's, let's sort it out tomorrow. But I do think like trying to, you know, look, you're tired. you got to get up early. There's a, there's a clock and it's like, now you got to resolve this thing. It's, Sometimes it's not, I don't, I think it's not a good idea. So sometimes it's good to sleep it off, but maybe like a certain level of respect of like, I respect you, respect your opinion. I love you. I'm mad at you. Let's go to bed yeah. <laughs> and then deal with it in the morning. It's always interesting to ask people how they deal with that because every couples are different. There's no right or wrong way. People deal with it differently. Um, yeah. But I appreciate that, dude. Okay. Lastly, um, the best pickup line you've gotten on a DM um have you do you get i mean people know you're married but do you get pickup lines in your dms we're gonna do a show next week we're gonna do a show about dating during covid and specifically like dms so i know people know that you're faithfully married and stuff but do you still do people still just drop lines in your dms yeah let's see uh well i get a lot of questions about my son as you know as you would um uh, a lot of people saying, uh, asking me if I'll be their sugar daddy. That's oh. nice. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, not really. I don't, you know, I'm not really putting it out there. You know, I don't think so. I don't get it. I don't get as much. Honestly, like it's all in my comments. Like people are more forthcoming in my comments. Really? Than, yeah. I swear, man. It's, it's wild. It's wild. 
here's here's a couple that uh, our producer Danielle has seen. If you were a menu in McDonald's, you'd be McGorgeous. If I could, take, <laughs> I wish I could take you to the movies, but they don't let snacks in. <laughs> um, oh man! So we're gonna do next week. We're gonna do a show on dating during COVID. We're gonna do do a show about like how are people how are people who are single dating during this time? Um, are they sliding into DMs? Are they using that? How do you go about doing it? All that kind of stuff. But what would be your uh, best advice for somebody that's single dating during this time? Oh gosh! Come on, coach! Come on, coach! I mean, you know, I mean, it's pretty fun that you can look at someone's social media and see what they're putting out there. You know, you could you could kind of see like, oh, are they are they fun? Are they guarded? Are they trying to put out too much? You know, too much of a certain thing? Are they? You know, I mean, I. I always tell people like, look, man, you got to look at personality first. You have to, because that will never fail you. It'll be so entertaining and so fulfilling and you'll have so much fun. Looks come way down the line. They really do. And I know like when I was in my twenties, I probably didn't think that, but uh, I mean, I I was dating people that maybe I was putting looks first at, at some point in my life, but man, what a, what a mistake. What a mistake that is. So look at your social media, see who's like fun, who cracks you up, who's entertaining. And if you can, Make your decisions based on that. I think you're going to be served in the long run. I actually think the world is waking up to being able to analyze and interpret digital energy in a in a. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely, that's well said. Yeah, you can see somebody on social media, and you're like, I just have a feeling this person's like really kind, really genuine person, just by what they're putting out. And and then you can see somebody, you can be like, I'm just off. I'm just put off by what they're putting out. There's something. I don't know what it is, but energetically, there's something toxic there. And I think the world is getting a better uh, compass and navigation point on like, you know, what is truthful, what is inauthentic, who's real, who's fake, that kind of stuff. I think digital energy, people are really becoming more in tune with digesting it. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Last question, brother. This is, I've never asked this question uh, on this show, but my last question, it's a kind of a journey and a study that I've been on in my own personal life and asking people close to me. Um, what is your personal relationship with happiness? With happiness. Hmm. Boy. Um, like how does happiness? what is happiness to you? Well, I guess I, you know, maybe I, I, I've spent some time differentiating between fun and joy, I guess. And like happiness could be both those things. It could be, you're having a lot of fun. Um, but, but, but joy, I mean, I name it whatever you want, I guess there, there's one that's much more fulfilling and, um, will live longer. I think in your, in your soul. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I like to have fun. Like everybody that knows me is like, that dude likes to have fun. I mean, as you saw Brooks, like I got, you know, I got surfboards and I got, you know, wake surf boat and like, you know, motorcycles, I got a bunch, I got seven dirt bikes in my garage. Like, you know, like I like to have fun, man. Like I love to have fun. Like, my kids like, know that I like to have fun. Um, but also uh, it, it's the, the, the more fulfilling stuff, the more, more important um, is the, the relationships, you know, like the true sense of, of happiness and joy and fulfillment is, is serving. And I think that if there's one thing I've learned in my life is that pursuing something fun or thrilling is fleeting. But if you can have fun with those that you are serving, you know, we do more for our kids than we'd ever do for ourselves. 
And that goes for my family too. I do more for my siblings, more for my mom, my, my dad, uh, rest in peace. Um, he, you know, I would do more for, for those than I would do for myself. And, and, and that goes for even serving in my community. You know, like, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've been a leader in the Boy Scouts and youth programs and, and soccer and like all, you know, all this stuff and coach so much. Um, I find that so incredibly fulfilling. So when you can marry the two and you can have your happiness and your fun with people you're serving, it's, uh, it's rich, it's rich. And it, and it fills your, fills your soul. Dude, I love it. Coach, I love it. You could be a coach. You are, well, you are a coach, but you, you play a coach. You are a coach, but truthfully, man, um, you really, you really, I've, I felt like I've been coached during this past hour. So um, where can people find you, Bart? Where do you hang out social media? Where can people find you? What are you working on? Where can people, because our, our community after listening to you is definitely going to want to find more about you. Where can they grab you? Awesome. Awesome. Um, I, I'm on Instagram and man, I think everything, I think I have the same tag on everything and it's at Bart underscore Johnson. So um, Instagram, I'm new on TikTok. Come make fun of me there. Um, I got a YouTube channel. I started a YouTube channel with my family, which uh, I, I need to, it's, it's a lot of work, man. You, gotta edit it those. Is. It is. you need an editor. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so much fun, but I've got like hard drives of material of all like these trips, like this trip to Italy and Costa Rica or, you know, wherever else. And uh, I just can't, I just can't get to the editing, man. The editing. But those YouTube, oh, dude, it's brutal. Like, give me the camera. I can shoot stuff all day long and love it and enjoy it. Sitting by myself behind a computer for a couple of days. Oh my gosh. No. It's, it's rough. Yeah. You got to pay somebody to edit that, bro. Um, but dude, I, I love your mission, man. Um, I just look up to you as a man, as a husband, as a father. And I love just... I wish our listeners could see the amount of joy and light and vibrance in your face and your eyes speaking about your family. Um, it was wonderful to have you on my man. Um, any last words for our community? Anything, anything that's going to change their life right now, Bart? Uh, I would just say Brooks, thank you so much. And thanks for, um, you know, a, a podcast where you talk about things that really matter in a cool way that, that I think people will be able to connect to and resonate with. So I, I this is the, this is the best interview I've ever done. And I've done, this for 25 years now. So uh, I appreciate this very much. And thanks for uh, directing the, the conversation in such a fun, like productive way. And uh, this is awesome. I, I love what you're doing, man. I'm, I'm so glad I did this. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, I think it's super powerful uh, in this day and age to hear men specifically and masculine men. They could be like, what, but like masculine men like yourself open up and talk about how much they just love their family, how much they pour into their kids, how much they, you know, how much it touches their soul and how they cried when they saw their daughter do this. And like, I think it's so powerful for dudes, for, for all kinds of males, there's no right or wrong way to be a man, but just for masculine energy to open up and share um, emotions and things that matter to their heart. And I think it's going to change the world. I really do. And, and you've been a, you've been a, you spearheaded that here today for us. So our listeners are better for it. I'm better for it, my man. I applaud your mission. If I can ever return the favor. And what are you doing? What's the Tuesdays when you do uh, Wildcat Tuesdays? Oh, oh, yeah. We're all in this together Tuesdays. We're all in this together Tuesdays. Yeah, come on by. I'm going to do a lot. Uh, well, I've been doing it like 5 p.m., but, but um, everybody, I got a lot, a lot of Wildcats out there in the UK. They want me to do it sooner. So I think I'm going to shoot for like noon, noon on Tuesdays. Noon on Tuesdays. Okay. Uh, we're all in this together. Also, last thing. 
my high school, well, my school was kindergarten to grade 12 because I grew up in a small town, but we were the Wildcats. Oh, come on. There we go. This well, we're the full, circle. full circle right there. We're brothers, man. We we're are brothers. brothers. We're oh, brothers. Coach, I appreciate you, Bart. I appreciate you, man. If I can ever serve your mission, please let me know. Thank you to everybody that listened, tuned in this week. Come back next week for an interesting conversation of dating during COVID. Bart, you're the man. Much love. Stay safe. Be well with your family and to our listeners. Take care of one another. Love one another. And we'll see you back here next week for another episode of How Men Think.